Welcome everyone to a new episode of the X Button. I am one of your hosts, Alejandro, and with me is my always lovely fighter of liberty, Paul. What's up, everyone? I doing, like Paul? that title. Um, you're getting even more creative with these things each time yeah. uh, I talk to you. <laughs> yeah, it depends on the context. Yes, for context, also like happy post Fourth of July, everyone, yes. to my American listeners that live in the United States and celebrate the Fourth of July uh, yesterday from when we recorded. And so, technically today, because every time one of these holidays lands on a weekend, we get the next uh, Monday off. So many uh, businesses are all off today. That makes sense. So you're basically in quote unquote vacation. Yes, more or less. I still have to do some work for the nature of my business, but mm-hmm. it's it's pretty good so far. Yeah. So Paul, how have you been like since last since? The last episode that you came back. <laughs> I am much brighter, literally, as I realized that uh, wearing this shirt is going to make me light up like a Christmas tree. I'm, yeah, I'm realizing is, that. It's really is entertaining. Is your shirt yellow or green? That is a great question, honestly. I think it's supposed to be yellow. It's like a highlighter yellow. Uh-huh. Is um, it like lemon? It's no, it's like supposed to be like that that bright, bright yellowish, but it's it's almost coming up like lime. Or like mint green. So and then on on the computer screen, I'm showing up as like just a few shades brighter than the X behind me. So um yes. it's it's great. But anyway, um to actually answer your question, I've been fantastic. Um I am doing a lot of work, but the kind that I feel like I'm actually getting some kind of productive value out of every once in a while you know like that's good <laughs> you have the the soul-sucking kind of work and then you have the one where it's like you put the work in front of yourself to like push yourself you know so i've been doing a, a bit of that been uh, also pushing myself with my gaming um mm-hmm. i feel like one day you and i are gonna have to have a good conversation about the value of breaking out of your mold with different kinds of games mm-hmm. I feel like that'd be a good discussion, but um, and and we can save yeah. it for one of the future evergreen episodes oh, yeah. that we're gonna do. So that's I'm not to gonna co- jump into it, but yes. that, that made me think about it. Just <laughs> yeah. Now. So uh, just to kind of like uh, address the elephant in the room, at the end of the last episode, I had mentioned that because of Fourth of July, I was plan I was gonna plan on um, us recording earlier something that was gonna be a little bit more evergreen to post something on the day of, just in case a holiday weekend was going to get the better of us and not knowing what monday was i thought fourth of july was a monday for some reason i had forgotten that june only has 30 days instead of 31 so so when i was miscalculating for that because uh, where i'm at we don't celebrate fourth of july because our independence day is september 15th so i was not going to have off but i knew you potentially could forgetting that the monday is also given so um Things happened that we ended up not recording, but then it turned out that 4th of July wasn't a Sunday. So yep. we're back here and luck for, lucky for us, many news happened. But so I had made a promise that we were going to do an episode about thinking about what our favorite games were for these systems that we owned. We'll still do that, but we're going to like keep that in our back pockets in case another situation happens again where you have to travel or even I have to maybe not have available time for it. And we're also going to be planning other topics. It's like, for people that have been listening to us a long time, like back to our 2020 episodes, back then we used to do news and we used to do topics, but we ended up realizing that the structure, the structure of our show made us be a little too long-winded and even just focusing on news. Somehow our episodes are always covering the hour, hour 30 and change. And if we did the topics 
on top of like the important news that we do, or even talking about the what we've been playing, the episodes would be a little too long. And I have realized that the longer an episode is, many people are not going to listen to us because we're just starting. So yeah, we're just really. trying our best to uh, respect everyone's time. So whenever we have that situation happen, uh, we may record it still just to get it out of the way now. And we'll have it kind of like in the back pocket to just like the emergency button red, press the red button. <laughs> so uh, then other than that, uh, in, my, in my situation, too many interesting stuff happened, but I'll tell you more about it in our what we've been playing. So Paul, yes. what have you been playing? Um, so once again, I've been playing uh, a little bit of Destiny, a mm -hmm. lot of Guilty Gear Strive, um, really trying to push myself and build up these these thumb calluses to get, mm -hmm. get better at it. But um, I, I've not had this much fun with a fighting game since my old Smash Bros days. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. One that's so beautiful looking. Yes, on top absolutely. Of that. Um, besides that, I just got... Um, it was a game called Summer and Mara. I don't know if you remember. I've heard it. of it. I've heard yeah. of it, yeah. It was on the indie, um, I think Nintendo's indie showcase, mm -hmm. um, or one of the indie showcases. But yeah, basically it was um, just like a really cool, colorful, chill game. Um, and it, it kind of gave me a lot of Wind Waker vibes um, playing it. Basically, just to give you a brief concept is... Uh, there's a child that lives in this kind of island world and uh, her grandmother who looks kind of like a fish person has taken her in and raised her and um, at some point I know that pirates appear and she goes off in this boat to kind of sail the seas um, but the gameplay loop was has so far played almost like Animal Crossing at times <laughs> um, where there's a lot of like crafting a lot of like planting growing harvesting and um kind of going through that but i know there's supposed to be some kind of overarching plot to that but uh it's it's been nice and whenever i need to take a break from all the craziness of the world it's uh it's been a really nice little palate cleanser sounds right? relaxing sounds yes. relaxing yeah to me i played a couple the big one for me initially was this week was the legend of zelda link to the past hey so confession I had played it but never finished it because um, maybe when back Zelda, like the Nintendo franchises like Zelda and Metroid at a certain age for me were kind of impenetrable because yeah. I didn't have the patience for going in circles, figuring stuff out. Like it, it slowly got better for me. Like with Metroid Fusion, I mentioned that why the reason that's my favorite Metroid was that was my induction into Metroid and kind of getting into the flow of that kind of game that if I had not played it, like I mentioned, I, was it last week that I mentioned Super Metroid? Yes. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have been able to finish Super Metroid had I not learned how, what, how a Metroid game worked. Mm -hmm. So when I finished Super Metroid, I was like, now that I'm kind of like digging into the back catalog of these old classics, uh, A Link to the Past, who many, many, many consider the best Zelda game still to this day, while me and my love for that franchise is in the 3D, um, Kind of like the three the, the 3D versions of those games. Mm -hmm. So it, it was very hard for me to like really get into the top-down 2D ones. So I was like, you know, F it, I'm gonna do this. And I under like unlike Super Metroid, like that made me feel some things, both negative and positive. I feel so many positive things about a link to the past. Like I get it now. 
-hmm. And it also made me be even more appreciative of the 3D entries because of how well that formula really translated when they moved it into the 3D realm with Ocarina of Time. And because Ocarina of Time is like, I have such great memories of Ocarina of Time, even though I think my favorite entry of all Zelda games is Wind Waker. Mm -hmm. Um, Ocarina of Time is just a story and structure. It's almost a reflection of A Link to the Past. Like finding three pearls at the beginning before you get the Master Sword. And then when you get the Master Sword, you're transported into a different kind of world. And Ocarina of Time is being pushed seven years forward into like a kind of apocalyptic future. And right. on A Link to the Past is being transported into the dark world. And, and also ha- having to free sages and all that. I think we can always, Nintendo deserves some criticism that they probably reuse the same ideas over and over again, especially um, the, the farther you get into answers. Like they have like a formula that they just iterate. They innovate around that formula. But in this case, just thinking that A Link to the Past was the first time they did that. It's actually really cool. And it's also very lean in how little it wastes your time. Like how quickly you can something, if you figure it out, how quickly you can go from temple to temple. So yeah, Link to the Past, I am I have to put it in the back burner because I started playing uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Oh, how's that been? Uh, I'm playing Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Wait a minute. Alejandro, what? Alejandro. It's it's blocking it, but you got a PS5? Yeah. What? Yep. That's is. is that the news that you were talking to me about? Yeah. Yeah. Oh Here's man. The, here it is. Well, welcome to the future. Yeah. It is <laughs> quite the future. So a little context, Paul. I got this in May. You're lying. Yeah. I bought this in May. I got it last Saturday. It took me and two months. You didn't tell us it. any of that. No, because I wanted this moment. Oh my yeah. goodness! The you only. The, how do you sit on these things for so long? Oh, so let me give you some context. So, I got this officially through a Sony, uh, through a Sony provider here in El Salvador because I I remember telling you way back that unless you were one of those Sony providers here. Like yeah. if you try to get the machine like in a Walmart or we still have Radio Shack here, right. the machine was marked up to 1,500. Mm-hmm. The Sony providers had them for 649 and 887, depending on disc and digital. Mm-hmm. They did a, they were bringing a shipment for like a Mother's Day promo. So after, Day promo. yeah, <laughs> it, trying to use the holiday to be like, hey, let's holiday, come get your mom a PS5 for some reason, but Weird. for some reason it was going to be a Mother's Day promo. Yeah. So I finally went in. Uh, I put in my, I put in the pre-order basically because they were going to bring the shipments in and they had promised it that I, I was going to have it early June when I was going to be traveling when I went to put the vac- uh... vaccine. To my dismay, the shipments of this machine got stuck in customs. Oh, shoot. And the women that kept, that, that I made, the saleswoman that I made the, transaction with for for this machine kept telling me it's coming it's coming it's coming it's coming and my balls got so blue i may probably not get have kids of the waiting and having to hold on to it because uh i wanted because i i talked with a friend about it like my idea was that i was not gonna say anything 
because I wanted this moment to see what your reaction was going to be on, on the show for the machine. And I, paused, I, was, and I was like, did they make Rift apart for the PS4? Wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but yeah, so, and here's a funny twist of fate that yeah. you're going to laugh. Uh-huh. When I went to college in my freshman year on 2012 and I stayed for summer in 2013, I didn't have a console, but the original Last of Us was coming out. There were still a couple PS3 games, but I had a PS3 at home. I bought my own PS3 to have there while my brother kept the one that we had home uh-huh. on July 3rd, 2013. A year later, PS4 had already come out. It was Stars to Hell. Mm-hmm. But then around June, July, it finally, like, the supply started getting better. So during my summer job, when I finally got my paycheck on July, ironically, on a Friday, that was July 3rd, I bought my PS4. No kidding. Yeah. When did I receive my PS5? It was last Saturday. It's the same day? <laughs> yeah. July 3rd is yeah. officially Alejandro's PlayStation machine acquiring. And... Whenever the PS6 comes out, I won't be surprised <laughs> if for some reason I get it on July 3rd. So just before diving into like the Ratchet and Clank uh, Rift Apart thing, this yeah. thing's huge. Yeah. My God. <laughs> like it's... I have it next to me right now here. Like this thing is massive compared uh-huh. to like the compared to the PS to the PS4. Oh, and dude. I would say it's even Maybe the PS3 was bigger, like the overall. I think it was thicker, yeah. And especially with the way the PS3 like loaded from the top, like it did. Um, no, that was the super slim, the George Foreman grill style, like loader. That's that was the third slim that came out there. Oh, you're right, yeah. The the fat PS3 was like, yeah, traditional that you load in the Mm -hmm. disc, and yeah, and then the slim kind of had that same idea, but much, much smaller, but. I'm very impressed with how clear everything is now. Because keep in mind, I've had the launch PS4, the one that I bought on July 3rd. Like nine years of technology overnight. Like I didn't I didn't have the PS4 Pro, which had some improvements. Right. Like if you had the TV, you could like see check your board in 4K that simulate 4K image, which is good enough. Up for like I don't um, know how that survived. Yeah, for the did something right. Eight years. Yeah, so I don't know how, but it's still and it's still working. But the leap, like I still don't even have my own 4K TV, but down sampling, just like yeah. taking like the high res image and down sampling it to 1080p, it's like so darn clean. And also, I run 60 it, frames. Probably. Yeah. Oh, the 60 for like the 60 frames is like. A game changer, like it, it is a true game changer, and I've been the one that I've been telling you that how important that the sixty mm-hmm. frames can transform yep. a complete game, and I knew that just playing things on PC, but getting that experience on console. Also, I just have to get put this there. Um, the menu of the PlayStation Four, the song of like the base menu, like when when you're like in the cross media bar, it's like so soothing. It really is. The PS Five one is so apocalyptic. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. I it's like it's grown on me, but yeah, um, it's it's kind of how I would picture like uh, Breath of the Wild, kind of like soft piano hits, but it's like 
bells instead almost but what's ironic is like if you listen to like the actual recordings of our podcast when i edit it and i put the intro thing yeah. it feels like the music that i put in really is the, is the, same, is the same one that's in the menu so and i had heard so many things how the ui of the ps5 was like such a mess and it was like it, it like it, it was hard to use and all that i don't know if i just got a recent firmware and all that but I don't think it's that bad. I think like, it depends. Um, for me personally, I would say the um, my first instinct is always to tap the PlayStation button to bring up the whole menu, but now it's mm-hmm. reversed. Yeah, uh, it. which I've gotten used to that now. Mm-hmm. It's not really a problem. I think my problem comes with the uh, making the whole party system and friend mm, system yeah. around that new uh, mm-hmm. thing. Cause I had just the other day, I was going to play with some friends of mine and um, I hadn't played with them in so long that I had to like go in to see like view f- all party list, scroll all the way down to the many variations of our destiny, like mm-hmm. playlists and, and yeah. stuff of people of like each party like, one yeah. person a dish added or removed like added a whole new party yeah. and just that whole system needs to be yeah. and, streamlined and to be fair like that makes sense because i haven't partied up with anyone because i uh, intentionally yeah. remained offline for this moment because <laughs> really? i did i didn't because if you're online it, it tells says you. ps5 That's if right. it's a ps5 or ps4 it's like it has oh. the actual icon so if i was a long game man yes yeah, so I had to remain online, like offline, and the only one that I told about was Zach, because I tried Astro's Playroom, and he's such a, he was such a huge vocal member of our group that like yeah. sung the praises of that game. So I, I individually chatted him and told him I plan to surprise you here today, today in, in the show. So I haven't Zach, partied. You up. lied to me. Yeah, <laughs> you're on friend tryouts again. <laughs> hey, sometimes it's good to like. Uh, when I told you that I was going to surprise you with something, did you ever imagine what it would be? Real talk, I completely forgot you were going to surprise me. <laughs> that makes it even better. Yep. I, I completely forgot. The second I realized what you said about Rift Apart, I went, wait, didn't he say he was going to tell me something? <laughs> Is this yeah. what he's saying? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, but it feels like a huge, so way, cool. like a, a huge way weight has been lifted off my yeah. shoulder because you get to get uh, out of all that rat race of trying to find a ps5 exactly. by that self that's yeah. well worth it yeah 100 worth it and the thing is that i know there's been a lot of brouhaha online like in some of the uh podcasts that i listen uh one of yeah. i called sacred symbols that the main dude uh he mentions that he feels that everyone wanting to get a ps5 right now is like a fool's errand because there's nothing there's not too many things in it to make it worth the purchase but i would beg to differ if you're someone that has been rocking the launch ps4 and has gotten an understanding how better performance can enhance so many of the games that you probably own that alone can be more worth it than just the fact that there's very few exclusives and all that because and this is why i remember when the ps5 got revealed and they were very messy with the whole backwards compatibility thing and how angry I was at the idea that it was not going to be fully supported, which they ended up uh, fixing. Yeah. Like right, right at like at the very last. I remember it was like a week before the 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 machine launched. Mm-hmm. They had confirmed that all the four four thousand plus games were going to be there with just a tiny selection that were not going to work, which were so insignificant, with the exception right. of one. They were like mobile ports or something. Yeah, and Shadow Complex remastered, which that was probably like one of the more uh, high profile, but they patched it to make it work. 
Oh, so it was like, cool. yeah. So it's, uh, I've been really impressed that it actually works. Like, and just downloading the cloud saves and more like thankful I am that it's so immediate. I had a lot of external hard drives in my, with me, with my PS4, even though I also had a two terabyte inside my PS4. Um, I was able to plug in one of the external hard drives and just like that. Really? I could, play, I could, I could play, keep playing Horizon. Like I could play God of War. I could play Last of Us Part Two. Nice. I kept, and they were already patched. That's a, that's the thing because they, those patches were like general. While I still had my PS4, they send in those patches uh -oh. in so that by the time that I put it in, like God of War was already running at sixty. Uh, Ratchet and Clank was already running at sixty. Uh, Last of Us Part Two was already running at sixty. Horizon didn't get a sixty frames per second patch, which breaks my soul because everything else like all the other games run so well and going back to a 30 game like it takes a little bit of an adjustment even though now i'm getting the down sampling and it's so freaking gorgeous so and it was already gorgeous on base ps4 so i would say like if you're i would not put that recommendation if you're able to like snag one and you really have cared about like playing your library better as you wait for the big games to keep stacking up and the big advantage of PlayStation that Xbox hasn't had other than them having game pads as such a Trojan horse is that the PlayStation has been releasing games like new, new games. Yeah. Like it was nice getting this machine and having Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Returnal, Demon Souls Remastered, Sackboy, Sackboy's Adventures, um, Miles Morales, which I had already bought on PS4, just be ready there to go. Mm -hmm. Like there's actual new exclusives that are there compared to Microsoft that only had one. So, at I least think, for right now, yeah, at least for right now, like because obviously, like Microsoft has post E3 plans are going to be way different, especially with their game pass Trojan horse. But in the here and now, if you like what you want, it's like a new, 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 new games to play. There's one in the PS5, like the PS5 has that. I will say though, the sticker chalk of the $70 game, it's you feel it. Even even as I was mentalized, um, the only reason why I got I bought Ratchet and Clank right now was because my brother wanted to play it. Mm. So I was like, pay half, I'll pay half. And we got it. Hey, there it is. Yeah, so so but but now moving forward, it's like games are 70 is gonna make me think a lot. Mm -hmm. But the good thing is that I have so much now. I think I, I can close by now with the PS5 with the Final Fantasy VII remake intergrade. DLC. That's true. I can platinum Spider-Man Miles Morales again. Mm -hmm. And also I paid 20 bucks for the Spider-Man remaster just to have it there because I've been wanting to replay it a lot. But yeah. knowing that there was a better version and I was going to wait for that, I can replay God of War if I want, even though there's no new trophies, but I just getting to experience one of my favorite games of all time again at the best frame rate possible. Yeah, I can do that. Mm -hmm. I can. And Ghost of Tsushima will be coming soon, which will be mentioning soon. Like, I feel there's enough. I like, I'm not going to be at a point where um, I'm going to have the PS5 and it's just going to sit there. But with the PS4, I had that problem that because it wasn't backwards compatible, there was so few in it that once you ran out, like, once you ran out, I had to go back to my PS3 to play some games that I still had to play. Right. It wasn't until Destiny 1 came out and forward that I felt like I could get more use out of the PS4. But with this one, with just Destiny, just Destiny being there, at 60 frames per second version of Destiny, that's just as good as what it's I played beautiful. on PC. Like, 
I can use this machine no problem. And I think that's why I'm like, I'm glad they fixed backwards compatibility and they brought a bunch of things forward because this would have been messy if it hadn't been that. So moving to Ratchet and Clank, Rift yeah. Apart. Um, Paul, how much did you like 2016's Ratchet game? I really liked it. Um, I, you never, I know you never finished, never finished it. Finished yeah. It. But like what I did play, it was really fun. And I feel like, especially if I was a kid growing up during that time, um, I, I would have, this would have been like one of my favorite games to play, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rip the Part is just as good. Yeah. It's a really great Ratchet and Clank game. And I'm in a little tiny bit of a pickle. Because I don't know if you remember, I told you that I actually like on the lead up to Rift Apart, I was playing the PS3 ones. Uh, oh, yeah. Like I was trying to play the old ones that I never finished to kind of catch up. Remember back in January 2020, our first episode, what I, what did I say about Borderlands 3? Uh, were we talking about how it lost its identity and how it felt like um, other games? So it was more, what did I do in the lead up to Borderlands 3? Oh, you, oh no, I know what you're talking about. So Alejandro decided to replay all of the old Borderlands games lead up to Borderlands 3. And then he absolutely hated every minute of it. (laughs) Um, So what I'm guessing is because you played through all of the Ratchet and Clank games, you're burnt out by the time Rift Apart showing up. Bingo. Because as incredibly beautiful as it is, and it's astounding. Especially when you put it in performance ray tracing mode and see all the reflections. Yeah. It's like, it feels like the best version possible of a game that I've been playing forever. And if you haven't been playing a Ratchet and Clank game in a while, because it's been a while, that's the thing. After Into the Nexus, which was the last PS3 one that came out in 2013, the week the PS4 launched, there was no new Ratchet and Clank until 2016, which was the remake that you were playing and then after that no ratchet and clank for five years until this one i feel this is a perfect ratchet and clank for people that haven't been playing ratchet and clank in a while if you decided to do what i did and playing all of them it feels a tiny less it feels a tiny bit less special from a gameplay perspective because the formula is so tried and true and that's the thing with tried and true formulas it's like they work for a reason they're great it, but at the same time, there's also just too much of a good thing. Yeah. So my brother hadn't been playing it, so he's absolutely adoring it. And I highly endorse it because it's so much fun. Like if, if Insomniac has finally like cemented something is that when it comes to gameplay, at least in the Sony stable, they're probably one of the most fun studios. Like their games just have a certain kind of addictive thing to them. Like getting the ball, shooting, like when you defeat enemies, like progressing through it and seeing meters fill up, like you leveling up your weapons, leveling up yourself. Yeah. They're so addictive. I did that formula like five times over this year. So I think I'm glad that I tried it out because I needed to see how beautiful it is because it is beautiful. I'm glad I also have other games to play on the PS5 so that when the mood hits for me, I can keep playing Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. But like I'm more in the mood to like replay Spider-Man again, finish Astro's Playroom, maybe play other again. That's the thing. I have choice now. But there's there's something special about this one, but I'm gonna wait until the hunger strikes. At this point, I feel like I have been I bought this machine, I have been served at buffet right now. 
and I and I don't and I buffet that has all my favorite foods. There's the hamburgers there. There's the ribeyes. There's the chicken tenders. There's the brownies. There's the chocolate cakes. All the things that I love. That's how I feel right now. And I'm like, what am I in the mood for right now? Because it's all served here. (laughs) So, but yeah, I'm glad that we're next gen bodies now. Finally, (laughs) so finally, and it's it's good to have you back. That's for sure. Yeah, finally, that it's not just you. And inadvertently sacked that he got a PS5 because of his roommate that he moved heaven and earth to try to get one. I didn't even and, realize that. Yeah, that he plays there like, like he mentioned uh, in our chat that he's playing Final Fantasy 15. Uh, that's right. in the that's in the PS Plus collection. So uh, all the games uh, that that he's been playing, I'm like, I'm notice, I'm I'm noticing the pattern. He's like he's playing through. Yeah, seeing, seeing the trend that he's <laughs> playing that. So. You have better deductive reasoning than I would because I was like, oh, that's a coincidence. Oh, well, let's just move on. I mean, remember last week, my Pepe Silva moment? Mm-hmm. So you were, we, <laughs> yeah, we I, have I, some I, more I, about that. Yes. <laughs> so I wish I had made a tin, a literal tinfoil head that I could put on. But yeah, more to come. Let's see if from right now, where I'm recording to when we record next, how I'm feeling like mood wise to see if I play more of Rift Apart. But I yeah. feel that's a game that requires for me to be all in, to be, to want to be like, that's all I really want to play. Not just want to play just because. And yeah. that's the advantage of having had built up such a library, like AC Valhalla, I left it for PS5. Watch Dogs Legion, I left it for PS5. Immortals Phoenix Rising, I left it for PS5. Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which I did play on PS4 because of where I was. I played a little bit just to try it out and it's so smooth. Like it, it works. Yeah. It's so so freaking smooth. Like and I can play that there. Uh, like almost but, all of those, except for the last one, I all, I have, and then I have all dropped. Yeah. Um, Hitman Three, another one that I bought that I can play also in PS5. I didn't get to play that one yet. Yeah, that, so, I hear so many good things about, but so I think depending. I don't know. It's weird. I'll I'll see. I'll keep toying with this machine for the next week. Yeah. And then I'm gonna make my own book club. I was like to try to to try to try to um, parse through the, all the games that I have available there. I'm gonna book club myself into okay. trying to get it because I have choice now. So, and that's actually kind of nice. So, my restraint, like the restraint that I practiced all this year to try to get that, paying off in spades now. So, that's all that I've been playing, Paul. We got a bit of a doozy again when it comes to news. I know. And we, we got to talk about your PS5, and now we're going into the so many news uh, things. Well, I guess uh, while you're gearing up for that, I guess I can tell all of our viewers that we are having and listeners yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. um this is going to be a sequel to our last episode um because we were talking about some crazy tinfoil conspiracy we were talking about some possible news Mm -hmm. we were talking about some things that had just started to break and of course in the seven days (laughs) since um everything just about that we touched on has been either confirmed or continued and we as always are going to uh cover some of that development so alejandro what do you what do you want to hit press x for some news listening to x button radio anyway alejandro what are we talking about first before we follow up on last week's stuff, big one that recently that thankfully 
before we record some big stuff, at least kind of breaks that we can kind of just jump in to kind of hook in to what's happening right as we're recording. Paul, what, how big of a Grand Theft Auto fan are you? Boy, um, I, I am not as much as I used to be, but I will tell you right now, that used to be the game that I played before and after anything else that was going on. I played that game for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours over the many years uh, since every version of it has come out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but Alejandro, what are we talking about specifically with GTA? If you were looking forward to the next GTA, because keep in mind, Grand Theft Auto V came out eight years ago, and it still has a next-gen version coming soon. I think it was this year, but I don't, I don't know if they punted it or not. It was, but um, because they were giving away like a million GTA dollars for each month until it was the release of the mm -hmm. new one, uh, the new version, that is. But mm -hmm. I believe that's probably because of 2020 got to be next year or the holiday maybe or 2021 because we had uh, 2021 is the year where 2020's effects hit, hit tenfold oh yeah well i got some bad news for anyone that's looking for a sequel to that game pretty soon considering the eight-year wait between entries according to a twitter user named tom henderson which i think he's a leaker from reset era i'm not really sure who found information that was then corroborated by both the Video Games Chronicle and Bloomberg's Jason Schreier. So if you have those two corroborate, confirmed corroborations, then you know that there's some Basically happens. Yeah. The next Grand Theft Auto game is aiming release till at least 2024 and 2025. So an astounding I mean, almost 10, 11 years, 11, 12 years after um, GTA 5. So... The alleged new GTA game is said to be to be set on a new take on Vice City, the 2002 or 2003 Grand Theft Auto classic that many herald as the best one from that era. But instead of the 1980s Miami Vice flavor and like that having that soundtrack and all that, it's supposed to be set in modern times. So think Los Santos and Grand Theft Auto V that took San Andreas that was set in the 90s and end up in the PS2 era. And it, again, will include multiple protagonists. So like GTA V that have Michael, Trevor, and Franklin. Yep. And interestingly, this is both the eyebrow racing and the red flag. It will have an evolving map that takes cues for, to what modern games like Fortnite do with their, evol uh, with their evolving map. That brings into question, Paul. Are we looking at the next GTA as an online only thing? That, I feel like they're still going to do something because I feel like they can't keep their hands off of political commentary for mm -hmm. single player. Um, but they definitely struck gold with the concept of brief, small cutscenes into some kind of event or multiplayer situation so i think where gta 5 had kind of initially a focus on single player and then online as hey this is a kind of cool thing we might do it's definitely going to be skewed on that sliding scale of like a little single player and a real focus on yeah. multiplayer uh, but what were you going to say yeah i feel that especially because if you buy gta 5 right now Mm -hmm. The big, sprawling, never-ending single-player campaign is always there. But it, it's, this, it's been, the campaign has remained the same. 
as like just when it launched back in September 2013, as it is if you get it now. With zero changes, zero DLC. No expansion, unlike yeah. GTA 4 that ex that yeah. did two expansions that were arguably better than the main game because yeah. it had the fun of GTA that the main GTA 4 campaign didn't have because of its more realistic approach, mm -hmm. which was its strength also at the time, but not what people like about GTA. I wonder then in lieu of ever trying to do expansions again, because think about it, like not even Red Dead 2 got an expansion. Everything that got expanded over the game was there online. Which maybe some people could say was borderline unacceptable as well. Yes. I think now they're trying to do one and the same. And the thing is that that to me is not as outrageous because I play Destiny. That's an always online game and it has a story and all that. Yeah. But I'm also but I would say worried. it does both because yeah. Destiny includes additions to the story along mm -hmm. with all of its multiplayer exactly. content. Um, exactly. And it were and for them it works. Right. I I would say that that's what I think it's going to be um if I'm being optimistic about it the the thing that I worry about it with um, Rockstar and all of their systems, as we've kind of discussed before, they have this obsession with old mechanics that don't really extend well to the modern day. And um, when they start something, it takes them so long to finish it that what is popular and acceptable is way gone out of the zeitgeist before they actually release the next thing. Uh, what are you going to say? Do you watch Nicky Jakey's Rockstar oh, games? Yeah. It's outdated. That's exactly what I'm Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And ironically, I watched it yesterday. Really? Be yes, uh, because I, I rewatched his Last of Us one that he did last oh, September, yeah. and, but I never watched his Red Dead one, so I got to watch him. Watch them oh, both you didn't get to see that before. Yeah, the, yeah. Oh, then, I mean, tell me your thoughts on the concept of It's like he nails it. Like, he absolutely nailed it because... I've always had a schism when it comes to Red Dead 2 specifically, especially compared to Red Dead 1. Mm -hmm. I couldn't, uh, like, Red Dead Redemption 2, objectively, it's an amazing game. One of the best games looking at it from, the, from, from this past generation, especially when it comes to narrative and when it comes to its story and its characters and all that is, like, that's probably Rockstar's best story. Yeah. It's probably also one of their worst games. Gameplay-wise, precisely because the kind of freedom that you see in your world that lets you do so much and and try to something to figure out doesn't uh, congruent with like the extreme linearity of its campaign missions that are so strict, even more stricter than a Naughty Dog game. That when you're playing the missions, like even deviating a little bit from the path, even when logically it would make sense. Mm -hmm. It didn't work and in a generation that it's open world games at the very least gives you at least the illusion of being able to approach things at different angles and all that ironically it was when i was i also was playing assassin's creed odyssey around that time and Which that does was give you a lot yeah, of freedom in exactly exactly it's like there's the and that was heavily pioneered with metal gear solid 5 that was like the, the strength of the gameplay of that game it was like here's objective do whatever you want just it was get here and mm -hmm. no matter how you use to get there what method what weapons maybe no weapons at all mm -hmm. maybe you yeah. want to be stealthy maybe you want to go from a different angle that was your 
prerogative, but um, I guess to clarify to any listeners or watchers, the YouTube creator, Nakey Jakey, created a video essay on the fallacies mm-hmm. of, of their design Red Dead Redemption days. 2 and not allowing you any sort of freedom when their world is specifically curated for such creativity. Yeah, and it's and, and what's and then what's funny. Yeah. yeah, and then what's funny is that Rockstar, the pioneers of the open world game with GTA 3 in 2001, their missions were designed with that. Here's here, you can figure stuff out. And even Nakey, Jakey does the example that there's a mission where you try to go to Chinatown and pursue someone that yeah. eventually gets to the car. If you know where the car is, you can like get to the car, go and, and plant the bomb. bomb and then, yeah, and have it. It's like, that's for a game from 2001. It's like, he put, it's like basically he said that he's equivalent of you being given Legos to you build whatever you want with the Legos you're given yeah. or being given the Lego form. Like, Here's the, the Millennium Falcon with the instructions build. that you specifically build, mm-hmm. and how Red Dead feels like has two feet stuck in both the Lego freedom and the instruction book. And, the, and, and instruction book, and going back and forth, and that's like it reached its breaking point in Red Dead, at least in mission designs, and also the endless that has become like anathema for Rockstar mission. Like, what do you, what do you always do at the beginning of every Rockstar mission? um let's see if i remember oh shoot i'm I'm blanking out what what do you just I, i'm gonna fully not okay. understand this <laughs> run into the quest giver oh. initiate conversation yeah and let's then drive and, yeah. and follow the line that's yeah. in that ugly circle map hear the dialogue oh. here there reach the point shoot a shoot up leave rinse repeat it's rare for the like, submissions to be like unique like that train robberies of in Red Dead, which I think were maybe not as complex as the uh, GTA Five heights. That always yeah, felt like it were several steps. like steps. The mission. I mean, this is just the single player version mm-hmm. of it. Um, had a lot of variation in what you were doing. Each bank heist was very different, and um, every situation would fall apart some crazy way. Even the regular missions had such an interesting way of uh going about them uh, coming to mind was when your boat gets stolen and you have to get the person to jump off the car onto the boat and then you're following the boat the whole time um that was amazing and then red dead redemption just kind of threw all that out the window for the most yeah. part which makes sense because of the era you yeah. can't do it it's it's i think what's I feel they like have you could real, still yeah. do some really good swashbuckling in the Western era. Um, I mean, you just look at all of the crazy Western movies that mm-hmm. have different set pieces like that, and somehow they both paid homage to a lot of them, but then also kind of didn't really do anything with it. Yeah, but then at the same time, like think about like for example, GTA Online. Like, let's focus on the online elements of both games. In yeah. Grand Theft Auto Online. It gets so outrageous that then you eventually have a mode that's basically Mario Kart with like weird tunnels and all of that. Yeah. And and I feel Red Dead planted its foot so deep into hyper realism and super seriousness, almost pretentious level of seriousness. Or like this is high art, high quality. Um, that movie trying to move that to the multiplayer side, it feels like they can't quite break the reality of that world, kind of like the more outrageous way they broke the reality of the GTA 5 uh, online sandbox. 
because I, I would say that lends itself to the time period as, as mm-hmm. you said i think it also uh the problem um with how big their world is is that you can't traverse through it at all without very specific fast travel stations mm-hmm. which you have to pay money for to use and then once you've done that it takes you about like two minutes of loading unless you're mm-hmm. on like a ps5 um to get where you need to be and maybe that's where you need to go you still have to ride to where the mission giver is which mm-hmm. is like another two or three minutes um you can you can't really do anything outside of getting your horse to ride by itself which isn't fun at all you're like doing something else and then once you're there you shoot like three guys or you ride 20 minutes to another part of the map and you're done Mm -hmm. there's no fun in any of that yeah now if the new gta is online only and it takes cues of what they did missions wise with some of the gta online stuff that i feel felt different from what i understand i never really played gta online because i arrived way too late and the economy had been way too imbalanced for me to like try to really get into it it feels like the gta online missions had less stricter ways to approach them that compared to like the main campaign yeah so you could literally i i remember specifically um as long as you got like the item that in question to where it was you could use whatever vehicle you wanted you could literally like i've had i've been in a helicopter my character's been carrying something and it's crashed burned and slid into the space and then it counts as a mission complete um and it's just it feels great in those situations Mm -hmm. but um i agree um yeah maybe that's yeah maybe that's exactly what they're gonna do now like not not a gimp on the story because that's the thing what GTA games have, like story-wise, maybe Red Dead are better written stories, but the sharp satire of GTA is something you can't, and I mean, you can't ignore, like how sharp and direct it is. Yeah. Like GTA, especially their last two GTA games, like GTA 4 was like straight into the heart about the immigrant American dream. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and just painting that in such a hilarious light and also kind of sad light about the reality of the immigrants, like with Nico Bellic there yeah. and him getting like making their, his way to America to skip his past, but also because of hearing his cousin lie to him about like the riches he's made when he barely only had like part of like a, a taxi, uh, taxi, a, a, taxi a, a taxi company. Yeah. And then let's not even forget GTA five that completely struck at the heart of the Silicon Valley style, like high techy hyper-liberal California I would environment. Say <laughs> environment. The, the stuff they do in GTA 5 stands more realistic today mm-hmm. than what it was when they claimed it was like, hey, look at this crazy jokey world that we're in, but mm-hmm. it's it's far more uh, along those lines now than it ever was. Yeah, but here's what's so funny because, and because I have to also have to mention this, like the former writers, I think it was either Dan or Sam Hauser, I don't know, the Hauser brothers that built Rockstar. One of them was like, what, the big writer. They had made an interview saying that things specifically in America from 2016 onwards had gotten so hyperly ridiculous, yeah, almost self-parodic itself that they were like, 
are we going to satirize all this? Just yeah. just 2020 in particular was such oh, a goodness. meme of a year. Like in all of that, that how can you like like the funniest things that you could try to make like wouldn't even compare to the ridiculousness that we lived last year. So ironically, the Hauser brother, one of the Hauser brothers is gone. I don't know if the other one's also gone. So the right, the big writing team is no longer there. Mm. So are they doing the online one to kind of make up for the fact that they no longer have the writers to like really tackle punch up the writing that defines rockstar because the, the dudes are not there anymore or the, one of the dudes is not there anymore or they're really going to attempt to merge the demo together here's the thing since this is supposed to come until 2024 or 2025 which is three to four years from now yeah. we can only speculate oh yeah i wasn't too big a fan of gta 5 personally but that was because of how i played it mm-hmm. i marathoned through the campaign of that game all 69 missions yeah 69 which is a long game honestly yeah and the reason why that happened was that when i got gta 5 i was with a, because it was in college and i was with a roommate that god dang it oh well there <laughs> it is <laughs> Is that right, our vegetable man? Yeah, vegetable man finally making their return appearance because of the time that we're recording. <laughs> so back, back to GTA. Yeah. Um, I had a roommate that was very sensitive to like very suggestive stuff. Yeah. And in that, especially he was, my roommate was black. And that word in that game uses the N word almost mm. way too much. Yeah. Like way, way too much to the point that it was making my roommate uncomfortable, and I got that game around the time that we we're gonna have a fall break, and he left, and I stayed at the dorm. Uh, so, and I had a thing where GTA Four took me so long to beat because let me get let, let, let me take you through a trip. One thing that I was obsessed with growing up was trophies. I had many platinum trophies, like I was obsessed with them. Like the Xbox 360 achievements put the obsession in me to like try to be a completionist. And then the trophy system, which I think it's a little better because getting a platinum trophy feels more satisfying than just getting the thousand achievement points. Right. Um, PlayStation trophies launched ironically on July 3rd, 2008. Oh. <laughs> and many games didn't have trophies. They had to be patched in. GTA right. 4 came out on April 2008 before trophies were even a thing. So I was playing through GTA 4 normally. And then... I didn't have a rush to beat games back then because I just want to savor it because I wasn't the one buying them. My, my dad was. So right. You have to make the most out of what you can do. And that game was relatively long. Not even as long as some games are these days, but it was long then. I was past the big heist from GTA 4 because yeah. they, they the big heist that happens in that game was what inspired heists on 5. Mm-hmm. I was in the tail end of that game and a trophy patch came in. Oh. But here, here is the rub. In order for the trophies to become official, yeah, you know. had to play the game from the very beginning with like the patch enable. So if you already had a, a save there, it wasn't going to be retracted. It had to be like you earned them the first time. Yeah, I made the mistake that there were very few trophy games at, at that time. That was one of the few that I owned, other than like Uncharted, uh, Call of Duty, World War II. Uh, I know it was World War. Sorry. Yeah. The, Quantum of, the Quantum of Solace game. 
Super Stardust HD were very few games that had trophies then. As it was building the list, and I was like, I kind of want trophies. And I made them say, yeah, I'm going to restart it. And here's something that I learned about me. When you replay a game you haven't finished, it's the worst feeling ever. You burnt yeah. out so quickly. Yeah. But ironically, when you replay a game that you have finished, the psychology... It's like you just yeah. feel stronger about it. Yes. So I may, I went through that, then went through the initial period where you're the taxi driver with Roman and all that, and I was like, screw this. I can't do this anymore. Never never beat the game. I try to go back yeah. many times. It's like earns some separation to try to get there, but I just couldn't. Until 2013, when GTA 5 was almost coming out, that I didn't have my disc or even like I mentioned you, the, we had a PS3 at home. I was in college, but I did have my own PS3. If you pre-order the digital version of GTA on the, or GTA 5 on PS3, it gave you a massive discount on all the old Rockstar games from, a, from that generation. Oh. So like Grand Theft Auto 4 with both uh, Ballad of Gay Tony and The Lost and Damned for five bucks, Max Payne 3 for five bucks, Red Dead 1 for five bucks, LA Noir for five bucks. A game's already owned on this, but I didn't have them with me, but they were five right. bucks. I was like, of course I'm going to get these. And I had my old save. And here's the ironic thing. I In my PlayStation Plus, you know that you can save things on PlayStation Cloud on PlayStation Plus? Right. Uh, the, um, I had my old 2008 save from like back then when I told you that I was near the end. Really? That I was like, you know what? Screw it. I don't care about the trophies. I just want to see this game through because I don't want to go into GTA 5 not having ever been in GTA 4. Yeah. So I told my brother, brother, go to the PS Plus, submit that cloud thing. I'm going to download it here and I'm going to play it, the digital version that I have here and finish it. To my surprise, the digital version of that game was compatible trophy-wise with the save, my save from 2008. What? So I got to finish the game and receive the trophies. <laughs> I got rewarded that, five years later. <laughs> man. Over the, over the, like, I don't know how. How that worked. That an old save that I had managed to be compatible with a digital version that I got After later. After all those years? Yes. Wow. Yeah, that was like, right. And that was the week before 5 came out. So I felt, I felt the high. I was like, oh my God, I did it. So going back to GTA 5, I was not going to let it go this time. I was like, right. I am not. I am finishing this game, but I was like, I'm going to finish it while my roommate is out. I played a game for three days straight. <laughs> I felt sick. I like, like, I feel the human body is not meant to play games that much that don't yeah. end because it just felt like, and the big difference there is that it actually tell you how many missions there were and GTA 4 was just a percentage. Mm -hmm. You have completed 64.5% of the campaign and that one was, you have completed, I was a I was at 27 missions out of 69 when my roommate left. And during that week, I got all 69 missions. Oh, my goodness. And till this day, I haven't touched that game. Ironically, I bought the PS4 version because enough time had passed, but just seeing it, I had like this feeling of disgust. <laughs> like when you had, um, when you eat something yeah. that left you so ill that the idea of just, getting that taste bud back of something that made you feel so gross. Mm -hmm. It was enough for me to like be like, man, nah, I'm good. And it still had that PS4 version I haven't beat. And now the PS5 version is coming. So I'm like, 
eight years have passed now since yeah. the last time I played it. So is it enough time now? Who knows? But Man, I don't know. If it's like at this point, the online is mm-hmm. inaccessible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you you started at this point. It's like you can because you can only do certain things until a certain level and then the rest of the game unlocks because that was the idea that Mm -hmm. oh you're supposed to play these things first but now all those people who want to get into the casinos the crazy heists um all like how many of those are there there's like there were four and now i think there's like eight or nine maybe yeah Part of me wants to eventually ever sometimes like there has to be a way for me ever to ever penetrate GTA online mm-hmm. because I have heard that the heists are the equivalent of destiny raids in yes, some ways. Absolutely. That I kind of want because to me, destiny raids is some of the most incredible co-op experiences that I have, especially that since I finished many, you still till this day, you haven't had the satisfaction of like nope. a, a finishing one, but only the pain. Yeah. Only the pain of, of, driving the head against the wall over over a mechanic or a team that just can't quite get it together and then we all burn out and then we leave yeah so i kind of want other another game to give me that co-op experience because that to me just it's incomparable even like some of the things when we figure stuff out was like super yeah. su- it was super, like oh uh, shoot we actually we, did we the thing did. yeah so which ironically, the harder version of Vault of Glass launches tomorrow. <laughs> so, oh gotta get harder ready for version. that. Yeah, uh-huh. you still have to. And also, by the way, yes, as a Destiny aside, uh, the rest of the Moon and Dreaming City weapons that got sunset are, are being brought back tomorrow. So, the weapons from the expansions are finally back. It makes me hurt because I destroyed all of them because. That's the thing. If you had. Yeah, if you had earned once, that will still be sunset. You always have to re-earn them if they re-sun we if they unsunset something. Gotcha. But so I'll be playing again tomorrow. But I haven't been playing Destiny a while after I got my Fate Bringer. So right. GTA. That was our GTA segment. Will GTA yeah. six be a thing in four to five years? Who the heck knows? Will I be excited to play it? Will you be excited to play it? Who knows? I just know that. I don't know if I can submit myself through another long ass GTA game like I did GTA 5 that even yeah. eight years later, I still have a feeling of disgust having experienced it that way, even though it's the best selling game of all time. Oh, number two. <laughs> on to the next one. <laughs> on, to the ne- on to the next one. Oh, gosh. It's Silent Hill finally really about to make a comeback are we about to have a gta segment that took us like an hour and then go into the tin foil hat segment yes because that's that's this week's episode uh my tin foil hat my imaginary tin foil hat i'm putting it in and i'm putting it out and tearing it because konami confirmed last week something that may have put a dent into a lot of the conspiracy theories Last week, they signed an agreement with Layers of Fear, Blair Witch, and the Medium developer, Bloober Team, for them to collaborate on a project using the existing Konami IP. Considering Bloober Team's recent game, The Medium, had a soundtrack composed by the guy that made the Silent Hill music, you can connect the dots. They're going to be working on a Silent Hill game. It's like them doing The Medium, which was the only xbox exclusive that has right. come out that that, uh, that that came out in that launch X. period and the series x and pc 
if you had an oh, SSD. True. Them having that music was basically courting. It was basically asking for it. Mm-hmm. But here's the interesting thing. Uh, are you hearing uh, Vegetable Man again? Only a little bit. Okay. It's okay. not loud. All right. That, that's all I need. That, that's all I need to know. So, Andy Robinson from the Beating in Chronicle, who, um, for context, he has reported many things that have turned out correct. Like he he did the Mario three 3D All Stars collection last year, yeah. That turned out true, and he was also the one that mentioned that Twilight Princess and Wind Waker are actually coming to Switch, but that Skyward Sword HD, which we'll talk about a little later, it's uh, receiving all the focus as to for people to buy it, so people not want want the ones that they actually want. Yeah. He reported that last year he had heard rumblings that Konami was trying to get back into games, but trying to take a multi-pronged approach to their series, so giving it to many people. Mm-hmm. And that right now there, 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 there were two developers working on Silent Hill, the Silent Hill IP. Mm-hmm. Luber team, which is not necessarily a Japanese team, now that they made this public, like, like this, this public agreement with Konami that they put in their website and all that, that makes one. According to Andy Robinson, there's another one that's been made by a prominent Japanese developer. Put the team full hat on. Boom. Who's a prominent Japanese developer? <laughs> um, does does his name rhyme with Kideo Hojima? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, because that's the thing. Thinking about like what other Japanese developers are there? There's Capcom, but that's Capcom. That's a competitor from Konami. Mm-hmm. Sony had their Japanese stuff that they pruned that they pruned recently because they're only making Team Asobi. The guys that made Astro's Playroom, the uh, like this the sole developer there. While everything else has gone by, has become more of like a administrative thing for them. I don't know. Obviously, Alejandro, it's got to be Bandai Namco <laughs> working on the new Silent Hill game. You know. Yeah, I've forgotten about it's, them. It's them. It's them. Yes. It's got to be. But that's the thing. It's like this Japanese development seem there's so there's so such slim pickings. There are less than I thought about. Yeah, I mean, you've got a lot of indie studios, but as far as prominent Japanese uh, mm-hmm. developers, there's only a handful. Yes. So, with the whole blue box game fiasco that I went down that the deep hole yesterday, like last yeah. week, last week and the whole prominent Japanese developer and everything surrounding Blue Box being such a complete dumpster fire, like in coincidences and all that, is at this point like, what to think anymore, <laughs> right? Like, it's, it, it's almost there screaming. Oh, However, no. number three. Yep. Even while Related. this dumb, yes. Even though this dumpster fire with what happened with Abandoned and Kojima is still ongoing, especially after that app delay all the way to August, there's still some big news in regards to Kojima that may put a dent towards a lot of the conspiracy theories also, but maybe not depending on what's happening with Kojima Productions and how big Kojima Productions is, is these days. According to Jeff Grubb from GameSpeed, um, the guy that predicted the... Uh, that told us when the Nintendo Direct that we got back in March 2020, back then, remember that it was like that people almost wanted his head because he said it was going to be in one day, it ended up being the next day. Yep. 
Uh, I remember that. And then Jason Schreier had to be like, calm down. Everyone's yeah. still coming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kojima apparently signed a letter of intent with Microsoft to make mm. a game together. Oh, boy. That's alleged to take advantage of cloud services. So last year, during the, in the middle of the pandemic, Kojima, when people asked him how Kojima Productions was doing and all that, he had mentioned that that Stranding had made its development budget back. So it sold respectively, which, uh, but because the thing is that compared to many Sony exclusives that they, they were very quick to the trigger, be like, this is all this, this is all that and all that. They never said anything about that Stranding. Right, this, which I was always worried they weren't going to make their money back on that mm -hmm. one. Yeah, uh, because they were not saying anything. Mm -hmm. So Kojima saying that they made their development budget back means that it sold respectively, it's just not as huge as or headline grabbing as all the other PlayStation exclusives. Which that makes sense, but at yeah. least like respectably means that Kojima gets to continue making stuff. Exactly. So he 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 didn't end up in the red with that game at, at the very least. However, he had also mentioned that he had a project fall through. He didn't specifically mention what, but then the more people dug up, they figured out it was a Stadia game. Hmm. Because he was trying to do a new kind of game using cloud using cloud technology. And who are the big um, cloud players right now? It's Amazon, Stadia. It, it, Amazon, Stadia, and Microsoft were like the big ones that were recording that. Mm -hmm. The thing is that Stadia went kaput. Like, yeah, they, they stopped their whole first-party developing. Crew. Exactly. That was was that this year? That was when it was officialized. But apparently, things uh, had become such a dumpster fire around last year that 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 was a long time coming. It just became an open secret, like that. The secret became an open secret to everyone yeah. when they had officialized uh, that. So who is the next best partner? Who's actually going to be reliable to provide cloud services that actually work? Microsoft. Microsoft, yeah. Because Sony, the only thing that Sony has in cloud computing is Gaikai. Something in a, a, a Japanese... Was it Japanese? The name sounds Japanese. So I'll just say it's Japanese. If it's not... I'll, correct myself later maybe not uh, gaikai they bought gaikai back in 2012 gaikai became the the uh, the skeleton to what remote play ended up being for playstation back in the playstation 4 era at the launch the playstation beta was still a thing you could remote play with that and apparently gaikai gave them the technology to be able to do remote play properly mm -hmm. and then gaikai also provided the technology for playstation now the streaming side uh, of PlayStation now. Okay. The thing is that that tech pales a huge amount in comparison to Microsoft's Azure cloud computing services. Mm -hmm. A cloud server farm so huge, so well developed these days that it's actually working really well with Xbox, uh, the X Cloud that they have been touting, and now it's finally in iOS. If anyone wants to try that. And that Sony Corporation, the daddies of PlayStation, made a memorandum of understanding with Microsoft back in 2019 to use and share that technology. Huh. So, I mean, this like, makes sense because this is the Microsoft has spent so many years developing and perfecting computer technology. Of course, they'd mm -hmm. be on the cutting edge of cloud. Yeah, Sony may have may know really well about hardware. But Microsoft beats them in the ass, like, and beats them and leaves them bloody when it comes to software engineering.
Yeah. They're they're very strong with that stuff. So that's not even like a surprise. So, I mean, if I was Sony, I would absolutely think, well, we either can make our own thing from the ground up with a team mm-hmm. we don't even have. Yeah. Or we can just work with Microsoft on a little bit and then compete with them in another area. Yeah. So, so just think about Sony. Sony is the company that made the PlayStation Network. The right. network got, 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 that got hacked 10 years ago yep. and got destroyed so severely that the network had to be rebuilt from the ground up for almost a month and left people with no PSN for like an entire month. I'm really glad so, that happened before I got into PlayStation yeah, because ooh, that would those, those really were, bent me up if that had happened. Oh, trust me. I was Since I was already full into PlayStation 3 at that time, those were dark times, traumatizing PTSD-filled times. And listening to podcast, like re-listening to the podcast that I listened back in the day just feels like hearing about the Vietnam War. <laughs> 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 they kind of turned oh, the PlayStation gosh. Nation around that time, so makes sense that they would do that. Uh, that Kojima would partner with the best kind of partner to do that kind of game. Keep in mind, this is just a letter of intent. A letter of intent doesn't mean it's a hundred percent done deal, but the likelihood of it happening is still big. That's big for Microsoft, yeah. and a little bit of a PR nightmare for Sony in regards to one of their more prominent partners. Right, because I mean, Kojima made Death Stranding as the um, the exclusive, and then it eventually went over to PC. But uh, the um, the original deal always had the PC ver the, the PC version. Right, uh, right. Like when they signed back in 2015 to make that game, the PC version was part of that agreement. So yeah, so that wasn't a big surprise. That was in the docket, but it would appear in the next Kojima project that's been reported now it's going to be exclusive to xbox because it's going to use xbox technology unless the um the cloud technology now it's so wide open that then microsoft is willing to also put it on playstation because the sony corp and microsoft already have the memorandum of understanding to use that cloud service either way it's just uh, not a good look for sony that kojima who has been associated with playstation forever since the original Metal Gear Solid in 1998, Metal Gear Solid 2, 3, and 4 on PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 3, especially Metal Gear Solid 4, still to this day remains a PS3 exclusive. It's stranded on that hardware. Mm-hmm. That Then after that, like their games started migrating to Xbox, but it always had a PlayStation association to it. Like Metal Gear Solid 5, even though its first version was on PlayStation at the time, it got officially unveiled like its first full gameplay trailer other than when they finally revealed that Metal Gear Solid 5 was the Phantom Pain, was at Microsoft's E3 2013 conference. That was the opening game. That was when they revealed Quiet. That's when they revealed uh, all the cat, the weird cast of characters in the desert with the horse and then yep. horse stealth and all of that. That was in Microsoft's conference. So Kojima has been already kind of like playing both sides a little bit. Obviously, the Konami split in 2015 had Sony snag them real quick. But this should put Sony kind of like in more thinking of like, he's going to their competitor because they have something interesting in their technology that would allow Kojima yeah. to do that. So thankfully, whatever it is, yeah, whatever it is, it's like if Kojima has finally convinced me something is that he's still an innovator in the big tech uh, area. Like th- there's nothing like that stranding. And I don't think we'll ever see another game like that stranding again. So Probably but, for the better, honestly. Yes. <laughs> well, that's really predicted our terrible future. But that to be there. fair, like technically, technically, the most imminent thing is the director's cut for Death Stranding. So he's still working with PlayStation. 
So maybe he's just going to be playing both, both sides. I was Kojima, I would. I mean, you get to challenge yourself and also really put something different out there for everyone. Yeah. And he can get away with the weird because he has a lot of goodwill built up with him for some reason. So he can, like I mentioned two or three episodes ago, he can, he's the only person that can smell his own farts and be endearing compared to others that would be like yeah. pretentious. So number I still four. I think it's a little pretentious, but yeah. Oh yeah, it's bad. But because he's him, he's the pretentious that's endearing instead of the yeah. Yeah. I, like how you feel with Naughty Dog these days. True. So, number four. After it was raided by the ESRB last week, we actually got the confirmation for Ghost of Tsushima Director Scott almost immediately. Yep. Like a day after we recorded. And almost as immediately was a yes. release date, wasn't it? Yes, August 20th. So, Ghost of Tsushima, kind of like how I imagined it would be, like the Ghost of Tsushima Director Scott, it's actually going to contain the, the mini sites expansion that got trademarked that had the Ghost of Ikishima thing. Instead of just being its own thing, they added it to the main game as Ikishima Island that supposedly you access once you enter the second part of that game because that game has three sections. When yeah. you're in the second one, you can access this one hmm. and will be available for both PS4 and PS5. So the director's cut makes it official that Ghost of Tsushima now is coming as a native PlayStation 5 version instead of a PlayStation 4 game that had the performance patch that made it run at 60. The PS5 version will include improvements like native dynamic 4K resolution at 60 frames per second. For reference, the PlayStation 4 version was upscaled to 4K uh, from... 1080. No, it was from 1880p. Oh, 1880. Yeah. So, so it was like the highest resolution possible that then they can inject, inject up. Wow. So, that was, so, so, instead, so now instead of... It's something that they like calling uh, checkerboarding. Yeah. Checkerboarding, the, the checkerboarding is like something that simulates the image being reconstructed from a lower resolution. That if you don't know better, it's almost nigh on indistinguishable. So, yeah, it only if you get it. So, but this time it's actually going to have the true 4K that will scale up and down depending on what's happening on screen while retaining the 60 FPS. It's going to have dual sense haptic feedback, which I'll, I'll say now that I have experienced the haptic feedback, the controller of the PS5 is insane with some mm -hmm. of the vibrations. Oh, yeah. Also, the triggers suck depending on the game. Yes. It, yes. Like uh, Call of Duty. Black the Ops actual, the, like the first thing that I do when it's like a native PS5 game that has that like rumbling nonsense with like the stress, uh -huh. um, I turn it off immediately yeah. because it has actually made me miss shots by holding it down will like sway my gun or whatever yeah. it is to me specifically because uh we downloaded the black ops cold war uh ps5 version we uh, we got the ten dollar upgrade because we had that on ps4 uh aiming with l2 it's like it's so hard mm -hmm. and then the r2 was it, it, the r2 it's like i'm showing here like it stucks it, it stucks here and then boom goes down mm -hmm. if you it, like if that's it's jerky yeah, it's kind of jerky. It's kind of, the idea is kind of cool, but it's kind of uh, gimmicky. Mm. I feel like in Ratchet and Clank, it feels better because it also has the haptic triggers. But they do the GameCube thing because that remember the GameCube had like yeah. like functionality if you hold it and then unless you click push in most of yes. the way and then it would push. Yeah, so 
they're doing that kind of thing with uh, Ghost of Tsushima. I wonder if they're going to do that for knocking bow and arrows. It's I don't know probably going to be like the tension of pulling the arrow back, uh-huh. if I had to guess. Yes. So the proper Japanese lip sync now, because if you wanted to play that game with uh, in Japanese voiceover with English subtitles, the immersion was broken because the lip sync was on English. Uh-huh. And they just put the Japanese. So that was kind of a big oversight if they wanted to be like so um, accurate. Because a lot of people that play a lot of samurai things, they love the anime thing of hearing the Japanese with English subtitles. So apparently they spent a lot of time uh, fixing the lip sync for it to I'd be have Japanese. to go through the whole game. I mean, every cutscene, because the, the stuff that was just. Game like, doesn't matter. Jin standing there talking to somebody. I don't even know if that was lip sync at all. And if it was, it wasn't right. <laughs> yeah. And that game already had weird faces, which felt more that that was tough for me going from Last of Us Part Two, which is animation, face especially facial animation was yeah. so insane. And then going to Ghost of Tsushima afterward. So here's the only catch though. Unlike, say, Spider-Man Mouse Morales, the uh the upgrades, these PS5 specific upgrades are not free. Mm-hmm. So, and they're they're exclusive to the director Scott. And if you were right now, if you didn't buy Ghost of Tsushima at all last year, and you're interested, this director Scott, if you're still on PS4, is gonna cost you $59.99. And on PS5 is gonna cost $69.99, which includes already the DLC. Right. If you're an existing owner of Ghost of Tsushima. Right now, you can upgrade to the director's cut on, P- on PS4 for $19.99. But if you want the bells and whistles, like if, if you're planning to get the native, if you're already on P- the PS4 version, but want to play what's coming next, just natively on PS5 instead of just the performance budget that they put in, it will cost you $29.99 and an extra $10. And then they're doing this option where you can just buy the $19.99 version right now. And then when you reach... Uh, August 20th, the release day. If you really want it, then just pay the extra 10. So it's basically the 29.99. Right. You either pay it just at once or do you just separate the payment? I'm torn because why are some developers giving you the free upgrades and then the and these ones charge them? It just feels weird. Like I I'll say this, like. I'm not as big a Ghost of Tsushima fan as you were last year. You were all about that game. Oh, yeah. But I always said that that that's because Last of Us Part Two was so ingrained in my mind. I don't remember. I played that game twice. That game's long. You did. And I platinumed it. And then by the time I platinumed, we got this one. Um, Last of Us Part Two leaves you so drained, emotionally drained, and with so many thoughts in your head and all that, that playing Ghost of Tsushima, and I, enjoy, I loved Ghost of Tsushima in a way that I platinumed it. One of the few games that I platinumed in last year, uh, it was enjoyable was very enough. Easy to yeah, exactly, exactly. But I don't remember much about it. I was kind of like not mentally checking in with a lot of the story. I remember a yeah. couple of the beats and all that. Watching this trailer and now having me remove Last of Us Part Two, I'm excited to really experience it, especially now with PS5 on a better frame rate, because mm-hmm. I feel that's going to improve the combat significantly. Uh, I will first, I. I'm in the pickle here. I don't have a 4K TV. My games already look so good on my 1080p because of downsampling. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm actually gonna redownload Ghost of Tsushima. I'm gonna try it on my PS5 just to see how it looks. Yeah. If I like how it looks enough, I'll just stick with the 1999 version. 
Like, I feel like you're going to be fine with that version. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, because I looked at it and the only option that pulled up for me was the 69, even though that I already own it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know fully. I'm going to have to like go through the options and see how I'll do that. I haven't even fully decided if I will get it yet um, yeah. because I played the multiplayer so much for that game. I that didn't. I kind of burnt, <laughs> burnt myself out on mm-hmm. the mechanics of it um because you really need to like understand the mechanics and since it splits your abilities through the classes you only get to like play a smaller amount of like what you can do in the single player in Mm -hmm. the multi and um it gets very old when you only have like a small piece of what you can really do in that game so i realized that the real joy of Ghost Tsushima single player was that you got all of those options and you mm-hmm. can jump between all of them at a moment's notice. Yeah. I think the only reason yeah. why I would upgrade, thankfully, because we own the game, we're going to get this upgrade pass. Like, that's right. for us. It's the newcomers that have to pay the full price. Right. I want to see if I have enough uh, because I need to see what the release calendar is going to be like in August. Like, the only thing that I'm interested in August that's coming is Hades, uh, the console version of Hades. And, um, Canna Bridge of Spirits, which looks incredible. Oh, that, yes. Yes, that's coming in August. Actually, the same week that Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut's coming. From September, I only know of Deathloop that's coming. So... If I can find... Of course, my, my computer keeps trying to take... <laughs> yahoo as the default option and it never no, I like last what time. i'm asking for. so i feel like the upgrade for me it will only be worth it if what i want to do is platinum the game again True. and i think for me like i kind of like i mentioned because i had that last of us hangover with me last year um i did i never gave the story a for a, a shake yeah so, not oh psychonauts um, oh yeah, but um, that one I can play that on Game Pass. So right, uh, and same the as Aliens game mm-hmm. is going to be coming out. Um, but besides that, there's not really anything else for August. Exactly. So I think it'll depend on what how busy I am around the time, like, and if I really want to go through that again. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be the only reason why I would pay for a PS5 upgrade. Other than that, like, I feel the 1999 one. If you at this point in time, if you own Ghost of Tsushima with a and have a PlayStation 5, and you put that game on your TV and love how it looks, Yeah, I would have to wait for the Digital Foundry like video comparison, the one that do, do them back-to-back, mm-hmm. for them to really tell me if they've done enough work for it to make it worth it. Like They did that for Spider-Man Remastered. They literally... Um, it wasn't until they... Because I remember when I told you, they're doing a Spider-Man Remastered what? The game really looks so good already with like where I'd seen them from PS4 Pro and until I saw them back like next to each other and I saw the frame rate and all that, I'm like, okay. Yeah. I may not agree, especially with the way Sony sometimes does their upgrades, especially when their competitor gives you their up- upgrades for free, especially with the whole Game Pass situation. But that also puts me in a pickle because these developers are putting work into this thing. I mean, it just really think is. about like if they have to like reanimate everything to have proper lap japanese lip sync that game's not a lot short that's a lot of cutscenes. that is that's a lot work. of material yeah that's a lot of work so what they could probably i mean you could probably do a good job with like keeping the voice of the original person and if it was too expensive to get them back you just have somebody else 
morph their lips but that's still a tedious process and then someone had to do that that's the thing Mm-hmm. developers is like they don't work for free like they deserve just, compensation so it's, it's not just put the program into the computer figure it out uh, we, yeah we got it <laughs> exactly so yeah i'm excited like i feel like it's enough time has passed i feel this will be the time that i'll, pro- I'll properly give ghost of regime it's for its first shake that i feel i didn't give it last year even though it was still one of my top 10 from the year it was in the bottom of my top 10 so final two stories paul so yes Last week, uh, we talked that, like, just as we were recording, uh, it broke that uh, PlayStation had acquired Housemark, the guys that made yep. Re- that recently made Resogun, uh, not Resogun, Returnal, and uh, the PS4 launch got, uh, got return did Resogun. Sorry, I had a brain fart there. And then we got the Blue Point acquisition thing that was leaked with PlayStation Japan. That still to this day we're still waiting to hear any official, official. thing. While we wait on that, Herman Holst, our favorite <laughs> executive that we mentioned in this show a lot, confirmed the acquisition of Dutch developer Nixis, which has been a key partner with publisher Square Enix with its support in games like the Tomb Raider, the recent Tomb Raider trilogy, Deus Ex, Hitman, when they had Hitman before they let IO Interactive go with the IP, and most recently, a game very near and dear to my heart, Marvel's Avengers. So, which by the way, I tried the PS5 version and it, it feels good for to see that game running at a proper frame rate now. True. <laughs> so, yes. Because look, God knows it was not running at a good frame. Oh, no, no, no. It was like in the tens in PS4. Nixus in particular has always had a role as a support studio that pro- that provided additional development when needed. If they needed like a support studio to try to push things out the door. But most of the time they were the guys uh, in charge to helping port the games to PC, like uh, the Tomb Raider 2013 reboot, where uh, Crystal Dynamics only worked in the 360 and PS3 versions of that game. Yeah, Nixus was in charge of putting that game on PC, and then in turn, they were the ones that ported that thing to the Xbox One and PS4 for the definitive huh. edition. So, they are a studio that that it's that that's their forte. That's their modus operandi, like port things or provide support. Such an acquisition means Sony just added an extra hand to its established development teams. So let's say Gorilla needs an extra studio to help them push, let's say, Horizon Forbidden West out, of, out the door. Nexus can help or any other studio. Like they have to be like, we need help. They already don't have to like take manpower from established studios. They have one that right. can provide that manpower. But more importantly, with their recent delving into the PC space where they're like, they ported Horizon and they, power, they, they ported Days Gone. Um, from what I understand, the Horizon Zero Dawn port was farmed out to a different studio and it caused them a little bit of dough. It wasn't done by Gorilla. And the Days Gone one was actually done by Band because they had not been working on anything. Yeah. Now they have a studio, like if they really want to put their games on PC, now they have the guys. It's there. They... Um, they can let Naughty Dog, Santa Monica, like all their studios, be like, just focus on making your game. Don't worry about having to section off a bunch of your developers to figure out how to port this game to the new system. We got we got guys now that can do that for you. So ironically, like when we were talking about Bluepoint last week, um, we were talking about how Bluepoint is the, have never done the original game, but they, they were all about the remaster and remaking of old stuff. Yep. Nexus kind of also plays that kind of role. It also makes me wonder that if Nix is now 
if what they don't want to do is like have to do like a strong remake or, or remastering of a game, but actually port the thing as is to work on the system more quickly, maybe Nix is, is, is going to do that. And then if Bluepoint, if the acquisition actually goes through and they officialize it and all that, I don't see why not because they actually made the picture. Right. Um, this sounds maybe... like infrastructure because mm -hmm. it's, it's filling out what you have. I mean, look at the thing with Naughty Dog working on their own remaster. I'm wondering if, I mean, maybe it's optimistic, but what if their plan is to take the remaster of Last of Us away from the main studio to Nixus and or Bluepoint to focus on something like that and let Naughty Dog actually do their job. Exactly. Exactly. Like else. Because that's the thing, like, being Last of Us 2, like, part of me be like, I think it'd be fun if, like, The Last of Us 1, the Last of Us game that everyone actually loves, yeah, compared to the like, divisiveness that it's 2, would get to look and play and feel like 2. Like that two was would a, be fantastic. Like, yeah, like just of the sheer amount of, I mean, once again, going full circle back to the idea of, all right, you need to get here, but how you do that is up to you. Mm -hmm. um, where Last of Us 1 had a lot of limitations for that. Yeah, um, very little free places, but it was like the, the sections were just wide open, but it was just chest, chest high fighting for you to like move the corner yeah. and, and, and two has a little bit more verticality to it. So if they could like, remake that and put it in one that whose story is actually really great while the second one is messier and more divisive like i'm not fully opposed to that i was just opposed to the fact that naughty dog was taking their time to do that yeah when it would be better for them to like work on a new ip or something else maybe exactly that once these studios become official they're going to farm out the rest of the project to them so they can finally work on a new stuff so Here's an interesting thing that I found interesting because when I looked at their Twitter. Do you yeah. know that they that Nixus after they officialize the um like after they have declared, yeah, we're gonna be part of PlayStation and all that, they also put a hiring for a creative game director. Here's the thing, Paul. If you're someone that's just porting things out, you don't need a creative game director. So they that's have, interesting. Yeah, they have never in their existence, all the way dating back to the 90s and them working with Eidos and then Square Enix when they absorbed Eidos, um, they have never made their own game, ever. They've always been the support dudes. They're always been the extra... They, they're, they're being the labor group. To be like, yeah, bring, bring in the people to do a, a bunch of grunt work here and all that for to get these things out the door. And if that's the case, maybe Sony is more seeing the potential in them saying, okay, well, we've seen you do your remasters and your remakes. Mm -hmm. Well, here's the opportunity to get the funding of a big developer, hire the right people, make your own thing, yeah. and come back to us. Maybe Nexus is big enough that they can section off their port place, their uh, dev assist section, and maybe also incubate like a new like a new exclusive who knows it's, i just found that interesting that they were hiring for that, that is because because it's like why would you like you don't need a creative game director um, unless you're unless you're planning on doing that and maybe now because they have the backing of sony they may feel bold enough to be like hey we've been at this forever we know how to use tools and all that let's see if we can make something ourselves apparently Which, so i mean if that's the case hey power to them yeah because that's how you get really good at the exact minutiae that mm -hmm. none of the other big developers want to deal with 
when you get really good at that, then you can make something really awesome when you have that plus creativity. Yes. And I'll say um, that maybe this is also Sony's way of maybe trying to shift a little bit the narrative that they only want to make big blockbuster games like with their studios, the ones that take a lot, a lot, a lot of time to make and maybe having a studio like Nixus, they can do something that's a little more, more double A or a little bit more, not quite budget, but smaller scale that they can kind of plug in into the, into the schedules yeah so because let's not forget they did still also it would fit well with like the partnerships that they announced like haven studios deviation games and high wire games the guys that have people that worked on assassin's creed destiny and call of duty that they announced the partnerships that they don't own but it's partnered with playstation maybe that's where they're gonna fill up the holes for like this is not like the big massive sprawling game but this is the one the game that's going to be a little bit more bite-sized right I, that, that's kind of why I feel sad that Returnal got priced at 70 because I feel that would have been that kind of game at like a more appropriate price for people to really give it a shot. But I feel like once that game drops in price, because of course it will, that's going to be add that kind of balance to them of like, here's the massive 40 hour open world game. Here's something more digestible. And right. I feel that just that live, like you don't need everything to be a sprawl. I feel it's always good to have your things because that makes it more exciting when you finally get the thing because you got the little one and then it's like you get you eat your big burger then you get your dessert you don't want to eat two big burgers and like straight back to back Mm, i see what you mean and you're absolutely right so i i hope this is uh sony changing gears i also say that it's like sony they've been pretty busy with with some of the moves that they've been making this year especially despite all the bad PR that they got that one month when Microsoft was just like beating them like straight with the Outriders in Game Pass, MLB 21 in Game Pass, the Jason Schreier article with the, that, that mentioned that Days Gone 2 was not going to be a thing, but they did with Sony right. Band and the existence of The Last of Us remake and all that. It was like, despite that very dark period where they had nothing, um, they've been making moves. Like, I mean, getting uh, Housemark, the investment they did with Discord, like that happened, oh, that, I forgot that, about that, that, that happened right. this year. Now having Nixus here, like their partnerships with Haven and all those things. It's like, they're not, they're being more active than I give them credit for because it felt for a while that they were just in their ivory tower because we're at the top of the world. Why should we do anything while Microsoft was just, was just eating their, like just delivering the upper, like I still to this day shocked the MLB thing happened. Like it's, to me, that's insanity that, they were able to be so like it felt like they were sleeping at the wheel and they let their competitor take one of their exclusives and offer it for free in their opposing platform while they were selling it for 70 bucks like i just couldn't get it over with so they're making moves about again i would say it's good to see that both companies feel like they're like they're in a boxing match and they're all trading punches mm-hmm. it's not just mike tyson beating and beating you to the bulge and ripping your ear out <laughs> yeah think of. i i prefer a slugfest yeah it makes it it's better for us mm-hmm. it, it's better for everyone for it to be a, a slugfest because then otherwise you can be in an ivory tower like flying in the sky on a red bear beard where you're finally doing quality of lives that should have been there in the first place number six the legend of zelda skyward sword hd the remaster of the most polarizing 3d zelda ever made Sorry, I know PJ loves it. I know it's officially the most polarizing one. And to some would even say it's the worst one. So depending on who you are, who you're asking. Yeah. It's fast approaching is released on oh, July 16. Man. And 
following the Nintendo tradition of dropping a quality of life trailer a few weeks before the release of a remaster, like they did with the Wii U versions of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. They did a trailer, be like, this is what we fixed and this is what we added. We got that full one minute and 30 second trailer for Skyward Sword, call it of life changes that include capable cutscenes, optional help from Fee or Fi, I don't know, fast forward dialogue, streamlined item info, enhanced frame rate. Oh, and did I also mention skippable cutscenes? It was one of the biggest barriers to going back to playing that game was the unskippable cutscenes. The fact that you had to go through all of the dialogue at the speed that they determined mm -hmm. just... I mean, like, the tutorial help was annoying, but not maybe as annoying as some people thought it was, but just the idea of being able to kind of like move through everything. Yeah, the dialogue box that would pop up every time you picked up the same item, uh -huh. no matter what it was, yeah. even if it was something that you fixed in Wind Waker and then took it away right. <laughs> two games later. I think mm -hmm. they even let you do it for uh, Twilight Princess, but it's been a minute since I played that one. Um, yeah, I feel this is um, this was a symptom of Nintendo misreading their demographic. Because yeah. the Wii, they're like the market research would suggest that the Wii era of Nintendo was so full of kids that needed needed everything be so spoon fed to them. Yeah, that I feel like Skyward Sword was like that breaking point for that. That everything was overly explained. Everything was right. like so overbearing. It like it's so slow. Like it just takes so much time. Like it's kind of like what I mentioned you with like when I play Link to the Past. That it like goes straight to the point, and then you just go and. Breath of the Wild's greatest strength is also that, straight to the point from the very beginning. True. Uh, just a tiny, just a tiny little bit of background where you find the king, the spirit of the king. And then after that, you're up, you're out to the races. Like, go. Yeah. A few weeks back, almost a month ago, I ranted heavily, massively about like the whole thing with the amiibo. Of, like, oh, the, yeah. Of, of the fast travel between Sky and all that. And the more I started digging up and remembered that there's actually very a bunch of statues that are in the world for you to like go back to the sky and back again. That to me personally, all these quality of life things are more impressive and is gonna do so well for the game that I don't feel as mad about the uh, about the fast travel thing. Because yeah. that's the thing, even though you're flying in the sky and all that. You do more stuff where there's more dialogue and you hear and fee is so overbearing. Uh, the cutscenes are endless. Um, item descriptions all the time if you reset the game and all that. That I feel like all of this in balance is like it's like this. Mm -hmm. Improvement versus the amiibo thing. And none of this thing's been here. I would have still remained salty because they're like, why do you do a quality of life thing to speed up this game and lock it away behind a $25 Amiibo? Right. So are you more excited to play this ball? It's coming on next Friday. I, I really think. am, but I honestly forgot so much to the extent that I don't even know if I'm picking it up on day one. Mm -hmm. um, I... I <laughs> I hate being that person, but like the adult life has mm -hmm, been yeah. causing me to really oh, prioritize yeah, <laughs> what I play and win. It's like I may pick it up just because I don't want it to disappear because, you know, like pre-orders will go away mm -hmm. after like 48 hours. So I may pick it up just so I know I have it for sure. But that's the um, thing. Are you, are you going to get the 
hard or are you going to get it digitally? I think I was going to get it uh, as a hard copy. That makes sense. Because I just like having that also both myself and my wife has have switches so it'll be easier to switch that cartridge yeah, over that makes more sense compared to me uh, that only has one so digital yeah. is the way to go now just wake me back up whenever they announce the wind waker one and i will be there yeah i'll still yeah <laughs> i hadn't realized how much um because how much i want to play wind waker because when i was playing uh, a link to the past when you're like in the overworld yeah the song that plays that the first time i heard it was in the wind waker intro that tells that that tells the um the legend of of the hero of time because i didn't hear that in ocarina i don't even remember if it's i don't even remember if it's even in ocarina that kind of song yeah i feel like they do they have yeah but but it's not like wind waker is my favorite Zelda, despite its horrible fetch quest at the end that is a result of them wanting to get that game out the door because the gamecube was failing like their their sales estimations of what they wanted to sell and they needed a big game out so yeah. there was a put because remember there's two temples an earth and air temple if you remember after yeah. you get this master sword mm-hmm. there were supposed to be two more temples but they ran out of time so oh. instead so, so instead they um they like split the Triforce into eight pieces, and, mm-hmm. said, and then you have to it. and and have to find it before like the answer. And it's like for the GameCube version of that um, of that quest was overbearing because the it, it, the the swimming was the driving the boat was so slow. The yeah. the Triforce pieces were so expensive that in the Wii U version they didn't quite eliminate the fetch quest, but they added. They added it so that the driving and the riding in the boat was much faster. Huh. And I think it's less pieces that you needed to find. It's eight. I think they brought it down to three. I don't remember. I may have to like look it up. But okay. they did something to speed that up. But ideal in the ideal world, I would love if they ever release Wind Waker that they actually finish what they started. But I wonder if the code's already too baked in that they can't yeah. quite add new. But just think about Paul. Be like, on Switch, here's Wind Waker. Completed director's cut, the the Aonuma cut. Don't give me hope. Don't yeah, give yeah. me hope like that. <laughs> yeah, just just as an example of how crazy it, um, it is that Nintendo has all these great, such easy wins, easy, easy, easy wins. Easy, and they just make it so hard. They just make it so tough. And man, I just want to play Wind Waker again. I need to hear that soundtrack again. I need to hear, I need to see that link. I need to see that beauty. I need to see Outside Island again. I need to see like, because technically I could plug in my Wii and play the GameCube version, but I don't want to play that GameCube version knowing that the Wii U version was the actually better one. And they have been ported Wii U stuff to the Switch. Those are the last two ones and they're amazing. Yep. They, they don't, the, the Wii U can be a distant memory. Like they can pretend that thing never happened. Other than the virtual console that has all these such amazing, they could make. Why does Nintendo doesn't have the virtual console on the Switch? I have no idea. There's so much. Like they're the only company where there's people willing to buy all games over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Like they had disrespected massively. Like the people that bought DS games or like Game Boy games on the 3DS and then they appeared again in Wii U, but they didn't care about rebuying them. They would just rebuy them. Why is that not on Switch? Like you have not the machine that's like selling like hotcakes. 
<laughs> this is like easy money. Like this is like easy. The be more like easy I, the more I think about it, like the angrier I get sometimes because yes. it's like my business mind tells me right? <laughs> money is money. Right? Exactly. Give, give the game. I will pay. Yeah, like it's just like <laughs> it's a worth sacrificing the virtual console for a twenty dollar a year online service like mm-hmm. that barely adds games when before in the virtual console every month had a little one added more like it's just it's insanity with nintendo it really is but hey at the very least now i hope the universally good version of skyward sword it's coming now that it's coming next friday and has all these fixes in them that makes me excited because I've said it, I've said it many times before. The story of that game, I think, it's actually really great. And I, I will say, yeah, that's and one it of sucks the that and it sucks that all the BS around the quality of life of a game in 2011 that completely disregarded all the advances that were happening even around that time, in re, in regards to all of this, and the disconnect of the motion controller and all of that. It's just a and general malaise around the Wii, just like. That's why Skyward Sword now has gotten such a bad rap despite reviewing really well back then mm-hmm. that I feel that now this will be its time to shine. Especially now, probably Nintendo's taking advantage of the hunger that it is that people want to play those old Zelda games that just on hunger alone and also the fact that Breath of the Wild, the sequel to Breath of the Wild is still not here, that they want something on their Switch, a Zelda something. True. This will be now its time to shine and that's the reason why we haven't heard about the other ones that people have more fun memories of, even though I would argue that Twilight Princess is just as polarizing as Skyward Sword, but not as much as Skyward Sword. Like Twilight Princess, I like it because of its temple, but it's not this beloved Zelda game like Wind Waker is. I think it's many, mostly because it takes so long to get to that point of an actual Zelda game. It's, Mm -hmm. Its tutorial line is a solid 15 hours out of its whole run It feels that way, yeah. It, it gets good after like you it. get that after you get to the first temple, after yeah. you get the tunic and all. That's when it starts to feeling really good. But yeah. before that, the the farm sections, the wolf section, also like it's uh like both Skyward Sword and Twilight Princess have the same problem of, of having a beginning that doesn't really grab you, mm-hmm. that relies on you having built in Zelda love for you to push through instead yeah. of trying to hook you. That I feel that's what Breath of the Wild nailed, hooking you from the very beginning. Why is why is Link dead? Why is he emerging from this? What happened? What happened? Like why is, why is everything blown up? That hooks you. It yeah. like like to refer to them. Like mm-hmm. so, I'm excited. The thing is like the buying Ratchet and Clank thing kind of upended my plans a little bit because I was my plan was because I didn't know when I was gonna have this machine that it's over here. Still, it's a massive chunky boy. Every time that I look at it, it's it's weird. Thick boy. Yeah. <laughs> like, boy. Yeah. It's, it's every time, like, in, in my living room when I got out and saw it, I'm like, man, I really do have that, right? Yeah. Hoods, I am big. Uh, because of the eternal delays, I was like, I don't know when this machine is ever coming here if it got stuck in customs. Uh, I pre ordered Skyward Sword. But the thing is that you can pre order, but they don't charge you immediately. They only charge you um, if you're uh, seven days away. That's when they charge you. But you can pre-order oh. right now on digital. That's something Nintendo does. And PlayStation, you can't do that. If you pre-order, you have to put money now. Yeah. Um, and you can like cancel pre So then when my brother was like, 
when are we getting Ratchet and Clank? I was like, if you give me money, I'll pay it because I was planning on getting it until the end of the month after we get paid. We just got this machine. Then he gave me the money. So I was like, okay, I'll let's get it now. I'll shell so, out a little bit. Yeah, I shelled out. And I'm like, but I still want Zelda. So I'll have to think about it more. We have I have until next week. So and also because of for content purposes, I have to remember that uh PJ, when he sub you in in your vacation, he mentioned he would be willing to join us to do like a review discussion of this new version, especially since He's a big Ooh, one. Be good. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe for that reason, I would get it, but I will have to think about it more. I have two weeks. I have to mull it over. No, actually, I have this week because the next week on the 16th is coming out. Right. So, we'll see. But, Paul, that concludes this chunky episode. This other chunky episode. That is a, this is uh, a thick boy, yeah. just as thick as the PS5. Yes. <laughs> Ironic. But I will say this I was expecting news to be much quieter than they have been this summer. Dude, it's been we, crazy. We're we, halfway through July. Well, okay, no, or the early beginning, part of yeah. July. Yes. We're, I forgot what we're day halfway it was, through, We're past halfway through the year. We're past yeah. halfway through the year. Yes. And these are usually the quiet times mm-hmm. when, it come, when it comes to gaming. And I've been surprised. It feels like the Lord has looked over us and be like, oh, you started a podcast. But it's have things happen. So they have things to talk about. So, like, we haven't had to rely on the topics to try to fill up stuff, which was the plan. So I'm thankful. Especially remember, we still have to hear about whatever EA is going to be doing and whenever Sony decides to finally speak. True. They haven't said anything. They've just been dropping this stuff. Unless that's what they were doing, just dropping stuff because they're not going to have anything else. So. That would oh, well. be kind of weird if they did, but I, I'm optimistic about that. I think they're going to eventually say they're going to do something. Mm-hmm. All right, Paul, where can people find you? As always, Alejandro, they can find me on Twitter at Dork of Art, all one word capital D, capital A. Um, mm-hmm. They can find me YouTube, also Dork of Art, but spaced out where they should be, and on Twitch at AngelSword21, and either today or tomorrow, I may actually try streaming something if I can find the time, because yes. uh, I've been trying to get better at Guilty Gear Strive, so yes. if you'll see me, come visit. Well, uh, every time that I can mention that I've been waiting, almost getting back to streaming, yeah, right? know, and now you know why I've been waiting. Also true. That yeah, does so, make a lot of sense yes. now that I think about it. <laughs> so I was just waiting to get a PS5 to finally get back into that. So yeah, you can find me on Twitch at twitch.com slash, no, twitch.tv slash the Slayer Giant. You can find me on Twitter at A underscore Drosegobian. You can also find me on Instagram at AlejandroSegobian93. And you can also find some of my writing at thecriticalcorner.com, which now that I got this machine and we got some games coming, some content may be there. So, Paul, it's been a pleasure, and we'll see what happens next week and whenever we have to do those evergreen episodes. If, if we have, have to. to happen. If we have to, but if things keep this way, we, don't, we won't need to. So don't forget to, if you like this episode, don't forget to like and subscribe, share. You can always find us here in YouTube. You can also find us at our audio services on anchor.fm slash xk-media, which is where the show is in every almost every podcast service imaginable with the exception of apple Podcasts. for some reason they haven't they didn't put us there and i think it's because of the name i think it's because there's another other dudes that got the x button name from us Uh, during our break we don't talk about them though we did it first yes exactly so uh but if you want to hear in apple Podcasts, you can just link the rss feed and you can get the episodes there i put it in my own just to see if it works and it works perfectly so yeah don't forget to share and leave some comments if you want to 
Dave, why do you feel up our show? If you like, if you don't like it, if we suck, if tell we, us what if we you did love wrong. Us. Yes. <laughs> we'll fight so, you yeah. and tell you why you're wrong. Yes. So Paul, it's been a pleasure and I'll see you while we game. And, yes. re and remember, press X to play. See you later.